Welcome to the Unsweetened SIO podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsio.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today I am talking about my hard week and so I'm entitling this, The Struggle is Real, because it is, and uh, I would thought I would talk a little bit about what I've kind of been feeling this week and... I will say that it's it's been the hardest week. I celebrated uh, one year and one month of being sugar and flour free this past week, and it was one of the hardest weeks since the beginning of going sugar and flour free as far as feeling triggered to soothe myself with sugar because I was having a tough week. Uh, In December, I had experienced some cravings due to just different Christmas traditions that came up and made me realize, oh, I really usually have that every year. I really want that right now. And that did pass after a few days, so that was tough. And those were really specific cravings where this was more of just feeling completely overwhelmed and stressed and like I was losing at life and just wanting to reach for anything to help take the edge off. So I know for me that stress and that feeling of overwhelm is a trigger and I was struggling with that all week. Um, And I know, you know, I do the best when I stick to those daily habits that I talked about earlier, you know, like meditating and exercising and breathing. And sometimes you get to the point of complete overwhelm where it's almost too late to draw on those tools. So I get that too. And I experienced that this week. So I want to let you know, you know, life isn't perfect after you give up sugar. Um, You're still going to struggle. And this was a good reminder to me that I am going to have to be diligent every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to have those times uh, where I am extremely stressed out or bad things happen. And I'm going to want to eat about it, but I can't. And, you know, I just, just like an alcoholic has those times, or you hear about a lot of alcoholics that end up having a drink after years of not having a drink, because it's really hard to totally get over, you know, those triggers when something is really upsetting to you. So, You know, it's been a really hard week. I am feeling better today, which is good. I'm glad I can talk when I'm a little calmer. Um, 
And it's a relief and a good reminder to me that even when things get really tough, it will, even if it takes, you know, a full week, things are going to get a little bit better. And I know for me, at least when I'm in the middle of it, it's just, it feels like a complete disaster and that it's not going to get better anytime soon or the soon isn't coming soon enough for me. So I had kind of a couple different things going on this week. Um, One of them is just some continued technical issues I've been having with my podcast, actually. Uh, I really like, I use Anchor and I really like the ease of it because right now I'm just sitting in my bed and I hit the record button on my phone. It's just an app and I can record. I don't need a microphone. I don't need any special gear, sound mixer. I just record and I'm good to go and I can edit within the app and then I can post these because I have been trying to be more regular about uh, doing this podcast weekly. And anyway, my first and second episode, somehow the content disappeared, not my intro and sign off that I use every time, but the actual content and really bummed about that. And anchor has not been, the support has not been good at getting back to me at all for a solution. Um, I am not sure how it happened. I did not delete it, but I also didn't back it up. I, I know I should have backed up. My husband kept asking me, you know, how I was planning on backing this up. And so I am backing up the rest of mine now. Big lesson learned. But I'll be really bummed if I can't get that content back, especially my first episode, which I recorded spontaneously from the beach when I was celebrating exactly on my one-year sugarversary. Because I just feel like that's something that's really special to me. And now possibly I've lost that. So I was really bummed about that, Um, and I'm not going to be able to recreate, especially that one, probably either of them. So I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that Anchor has a backup and is able to restore those files for me, but they have been really slow in answering me. So that's kind of been frustrating for me. And I also just feeling overwhelmed with, I do work, you know, 32 hours a week. Plus I have two contract jobs that I do, um, event planning for an association here in Portland. They do an event, you know, every other month and it ends up being, they're really great group of people to work with. But it's just like one more thing I have to do right now that I don't always have time for. And then doing the traveling work that I've been doing, the travel director contract work, which I really love and um, really have been appreciating the extra income I've been getting from that. So I will I will continue to do the, that work. However, it does take some time as far as um, booking different contract jobs. And uh, it does take, you know, a little bit of time every day working on that. So between the regular job and my other two jobs and, you know, working all three of them pretty much every day on top of being, you know, a mom to two young kids and a wife and all that stuff. So it's, you know, was overwhelming for me this week. And I was thinking about, I've been having a hard time um, formatting my book, you know, as far as I still really want to 
write this book. Um, and I did. I have a lot of content because I wrote for 365 days. I wrote about giving up sugar, what I ate every day, what I was feeling every day, um, whatever was going on. And I really think that helped keep me accountable. Um, and part of the reason why I was successful on being able to give it up and stay off of it was because I had this group of people in my mind that were going to be reading my book and I didn't want to disappoint them. So I do have a lot of content, but as some people have pointed out to me, not everyone is probably going to want to read a book about what I ate for 365 days, which I get for sure. So I'm trying to make it more where, um, you know, in a format that it recaps kind of each month. And then I also have thought about making a journal to go along with it that actually does have my 365 days of entries or at least a snippet of those entries so that if you did want to challenge yourself to giving up sugar and flour for a year, you could purchase the journal with the book or separately and then be able to kind of read side by side my experience with room for you to journal about your own. And again, you know, our experiences are going to be different, but it might just help you feel a little less alone. I know that writing for me every day with thinking about the people that are going to be reading this made me feel less lonely and part of a community. But the finding the time to take the content that I've written and transform that into, you know, a book with chapters and make it readable has been really stressful for me. I am not a writer by nature. Uh, and the whole pro uh, process of publishing a book is new to me. Um, you know, I know that I can self publish and I can go that way. But I'm really hoping to try to get a traditional publisher. And again, this is completely out of my realm. And, you know, you have to try to find a literary agent and you have to have a book proposal and this and that. And, you know, I'm trying to work on all those things and really hoping that I can get a publisher because I think a good publisher and editor would be able to help me transform because I do think I have a lot of great contact, content and just transforming it into a book that is going to be really impactful for people. So this has been really stressing me out. And a lot of times uh, I don't have time until after the kids get to bed at night. And then when I sit down to write, I just feel brain dead. Like I, I just can't do it. Um, and I have been trying to write when I'm on planes traveling to the, my different events. That's been a good time because I get a little bit of quiet time and I've, you know, nothing else to do during that time. So that's been nice, but I, I don't do that often enough that I've made a lot of progress and I had kind of put in my mind that I'd really like to publish my book by the summertime and because I turned 40 this summer and I thought, wow, that'd be really cool to have it published by my birthday. And that way it's still pretty new because, you know, my journey was in 2018. So I'd love for it to come out in 2019. 
but now I'm just really realizing that that might not be possible. Um, and the stress that I was feeling around finishing my book by this summer was triggering me to want to eat sugar. And what's the point of all of this unsweetened sayo if I end up just throwing it all down the drain because I'm so stressed and I end up eating sugar and flour, you know, and then I'm done. So I had to really take a step back and realize it's okay if I don't get the book done right away. And, you know, I'm still going to finish it. It is a goal of mine, but it doesn't have to be now since I have all these other things going on. And I had to kind of take a look at my priorities And really, number one for my priority list is my sobriety. Um, You know, I do feel so much better, um, and I still am so grateful for being, you know, free finally from addiction after being stuck in that cycle for so many years, and I just don't want to go back. You know, like, I feel like... I've already won the ultimate prize here of no longer being addicted. So, you know, even if I don't write a book about it or continue to do my podcast or whatever, I still have won because I am, you know, free finally. But I also really want to help people like me to also become free So it's always been my goal to help myself and then help others. And I really do feel like this is a calling in my life to to really um, help people and get the message out about sugar addiction since it's still, you know, a topic that's sensitive and help people get better um, in any way that I can. So you know, it is very important to me, but not at the cost of my own sobriety is kind of, you know, what I've been realizing. So for me, doing the weekly podcast is really easy because I just can hit, you know, record and start talking. And that's pretty much all that's involved. It's the, um, the writing that has been more difficult. So I just took the step back and realized, you know, even if my book doesn't get completed this year, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. And you just have to be okay with that. And that decision really did feel like a huge weight off my chest. Um, You know, part of me is still like, oh, hopefully you can finish it this year. But then I have to remind myself, it's okay if I don't, because number one is keeping my sobriety in check. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm completely stressed out and overwhelmed with juggling all that's on my plate right now. And it is a lot, you know, more than I normally have even. And I'm trying to write a book too. I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous. So, um, I, that was kind of a big, big part of this week and, and realizing that and feeling, you know, a little disappointed that maybe I'm not superwoman and, and can't do it all. You know, I feel like I can get a lot of stuff done. Like I am a person that gets stuff done. I am efficient and I have really high standards for myself and it's hard 
for me to accept that I am only human and I can't do everything. Um, but to me, again, sobriety is my number one. And I had to take even a further step back of, okay, well, how do I maintain it? And my biggest trigger, as I found out this week, is being overwhelmed and stressed out. So I need to continue the things that help me feel more balanced. And that is making time for getting a good night's sleep and making sure that I'm prepping and making healthy meals and being prepared ahead of time for things and doing my daily meditation, making sure I'm getting my exercise in every day. Uh, This week also, another factor was the weather here in Portland has been super rainy. We had a big storm come through. It could have been snow. We could have had snow all week. Seattle actually got a bunch of snow, but we were just a few degrees warmer and just got tons of rain, but kind of that, you know, really, really downpour rain where you can't walk in it. Um, so I had a few days where I did not walk and that throws me off. Um, I have said before that exercise is for my sanity more than my vanity. And it's so true. And I can see even missing a day or two in a row, um, really affects my mood, especially when it's really rainy outside. Um, I think I do suffer a little bit from this seasonal disorder. And so winters are hard for me in the Northwest. And I have found that if I can get out, that's why I really like to walk because then I'm outside. And if I can get outside every day, even if it's a little rainy or misty or overcast, just getting the fresh air and being outside makes me feel connected to nature. And I usually end up feeling, um, you know, not as depressed as you can get in the, get, you know, those winter blues. So, you know, I had a couple days in a row where I couldn't walk because it was just pouring down rain. So that didn't help. I also haven't been doing my circuits since probably somewhere around Christmas time. I stopped. Um, I had been doing these ab and butt circuits every day to strengthen my core and my buttocks. And I really was loving it. You know, after two C-sections, my ab muscles were pretty destroyed. And I slowly had found these like circuits on Pinterest, you know, like I do for everything. And, you know, finally was able to do a plank for a minute and then two minutes was really building up my muscles. And then I took a break from it and I just have not had a chance to get back into it. And then, you know, the longer that goes, passes by, it's harder to get back into it. And when it's no longer a part of your routine, you know, suddenly I'm like, how did I even have the time to do that every day? I have no time as it is. Where was I fitting that in? And then just kind of losing some of that strength already. It's hard to start back over. But, um, and I had also talked to my Rolfing practitioner because I'd kind of felt ready Like I wanted to do a bar class or do a Pilates class, something else to challenge myself after doing circuits on my own for probably about seven months. 
but she had recommended with the 10 series that I had done to not do bar or Pilates and do some other kinds of exercises. And so then I felt kind of like, uh, what do I do? I just kind of stalled and I've been stalled since. So I know that when I was doing my circuits and I had a day that I did my circuits and my walk, I just felt so good. So that is my goal next week is just start back slowly and realize I probably have gained or um, lost some of my strength that I had, but to just get back into it, I like to do what I call a 30 for 30 for any kind of when you're trying to add some kind of exercise routine back in is to do what I would even do this with, with walking when I hadn't walked in a long time. I would just try to walk. 30 minutes for 30 days because I felt like if I could do that, you know, that's easy to squeeze in. It's only 30 minutes. I've done this before. I've challenged friends to it um, or we both do it and it might be pouring down rain. I've gone and driven to the mall and was one of those mall walkers, you know, that you see. Yep. I would walk laps around the mall because it was only 30 minutes. I mean, it wasn't real fun like it is to be outside, but just so I could get my 30 minutes for 30 days. And I found that was a good way to create a new habit. And after those 30 days, it was no problem sticking to it. Like my body almost started to crave it. So I started doing that with my circuits too. When I first did the circuit, I just started with ab circuits first, but I did 30, you know, 30 days straight, not 30 minutes, you know, just one little ab circuit. And then I worked it up to like, you know, going through the circuit three times, but it took a little while to get there. And then once that felt kind of easier, I added in the butt circuit too. And, um, I would do that, you know, I did that, I did a 30 for 30 for the butt circuit too. And then once that felt like more of a habit, then it was easy for me to do a day or two. And then if I missed a day or two, no big deal. I got right back to it because it was more of a habit at that point. So I think I need to challenge myself again on Monday for a 30 for 30 ab circuit just to get back into that habit and then slowly add in more, um, doing more reps or doing more, um, circuits and adding in the butt exercises too as I as I progress um, so that was something that's kind of been stressing me out I've had it in the back of my mind you know probably since mid-January that I wanted to start adding this stuff back in and I just haven't been able to find the time to do it so that's been stressing me out and um you know, some of the other exercises that my practitioner recommended, I just doesn't work for me. And I just told myself, you know, these circuits really worked for me, just like walking really works for me. I am just going to do what I know works for me and not worry so much about doing what works for other people. And I know I say that a lot on this podcast, and I will be saying it a lot in my book. But I do think that the key to really being free from sugar addiction is finding your own path. You know, um, some people have recommended to me that I should be trying to write a book and saying, you know, nope, this is the way you do it. 
This is the only way to do it. And I just don't feel like that because it never worked for me. When I would try to follow other people's plans, it didn't work because it wasn't modified for me. And it felt more like a diet than just my way of life. So, you know, I will say over and over again, don't try to, you know, do someone else's exercise regime or or diet or eating style, you know, find that one that really fits for you because I think that's when you're going to have the long-term success is when it's easier for you and it works for you. So it was just another good kind of reminder because I know that I still get, um, you know, once in a while I get tempted by, oh, well, that person recommended this exercise, so I should be doing that. Or, oh, even the keto diet keeps tempting me because it's everywhere right now. And I'm like, I don't need to do the keto diet. I was actually in the grocery store um, this afternoon and saw a couple um, that were shopping, obviously, starting the keto diet together. And it was so funny because the guy was like, well, I can't eat sugar. I can't eat bread. I can't, you know, he was listing all the things he, he couldn't eat and was not looking forward to it. Um, and I kind of felt like, Ooh, ooh, I don't know if if this is going to last for them, but I, you know, it's, I've been really successful with the way that I have am eating for myself and I am still tempted, um, to try, you know, a different diet. So I think it's just something you have to be careful about and realize your body knows what's best for you. And if you can just kind of tune into that, you're going to make the right choice for you. You don't have to follow what other people do. Not even what I do. I am just kind of telling you what works for me and hoping to encourage you to find what works for you. So the circuits, that is something, you know, I feel better. Just, okay, I'm going to add that next week and just do them, um, schedule the time and make it work. And if that means pushing my back, my book back a little bit more, you know, so be it because part of staying sober for me is doing the daily exercise. And that works best for me when it's a walk and circuit kind of combo. So I need to get back to, to doing that. Um, the other big thing kind of factor this week going on for me was that my kids were being extremely difficult. Um, I have a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter and they're pretty great kids. I mean, overall, I think they're really well behaved. Um, but I still really struggle sometimes with being a parent and just dealing with, toddlers and meltdowns and tantrums, especially like when I feel like a toddler myself and then when I have my own meltdown and tantrum, it's been a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, you know, it, it was really hard for me to have kids and I was so grateful when I was able to have two kids and I loved the newborn stage, baby stage. Um, you know, so excited to have babies. I just didn't really think about the, that babies then turn into toddlers, turn into, you know, (laughs) little kids and so on and so on. So, 
Um, the baby years were a lot easier for me. I know some people can't stand the baby years and love the toddler years, but I am struggling right now with the five and three and my kids are, you know, only 19 months apart and they're starting to fight a lot, which triggers me. Um, and it's just a lot of whining and crying and it's hard when you've had a long day and you have a lot to still do that night and you're not getting cooperation and you're trying to get, you know, two little kids fed and to bed and it just makes for a really long day. And so um, my son specifically, I don't know, you know, if they're, I, I think they go through different developmental leaps um, and growth spurts and I can tell, you know, something was going on with my son this week. Luckily, he snapped out of it, but he just had two really terrible nights where he was just like crying, screaming, meltdown, and it was really hard not to lose my cool um, and just, you know, yell back at him and um, snap. I, I, and then after, you know, finally calming him down and getting him to bed, I was almost shaking with... Um, you know, just that feeling of being overwhelmed. And it just took, you know, every ounce of control that I had. Uh, so I, one night that happens, um, and my husband was here to kind of take over because I was not handling it well. And I ended up still going to bed that night at like 7.30 or like 8 o'clock at night, something really early because I was just done. You know, I've already had a long day. I'm tired. But then that meltdown just pushed me over the edge of just being done. Um, so that was tough. And he had two nights like that in a row. And, um, you know, I just wanted to lay in bed and cry. I think the other night I ended up taking a bath. So again, you know, I wanted to reach for that sugar and just something to take the edge off or to numb myself a little bit. And instead I tried, you know, other things and I did take a bath, went to bed early, um, try to do that type of self-care instead of the sabotaging eating things. But I, I had that urge like, crazy. You know, I hadn't felt that urge in a long time. And I noticed I was eating more this week, more of my treat stuff. Like I had sweet potato chips, I think every single day I had popcorn or tortilla chips or something. And then, um, you know, I went to Starbucks, I think every day too, and had my iced green tea, which usually is more of a once a week treat or, uh, in the summertime more frequently, you know, when it's hot out, but I just needed something. Um, and I thought, you know, again, rather than reach for the huge cupcake or chocolate chip cookie, I had, you know, my unsweetened iced tea instead and some sweet potato chips. And that satisfied me. Um, but I did get a little stressed out about, you know, I should be eating better, but again, realizing I'm not perfect and I am going to have weeks where I eat more or don't make the best choices, 
But as long as I'm not eating something with sugar or flour and I'm not triggering, you know, my addiction, then I'm doing pretty damn good. So I had to kind of remind myself of that. It's okay if I, you know, overindulge in treats that I can eat because it's better than, you know, eating something that has sugar or flour in it and then, you know, going, I, you know, if I were to open that can, I would, there'd be no going back for me right now. Um, so I am just really reminding myself how important it is to stay strong and continuing, you know, to eat the way that's been so successful for me this past year and month now, you know, 13 months. So, but it was hard. And I think I just wanted to say that about being a parent. It is really hard for me. It's challenging. And sometimes, you know, it really is overwhelming for me. And I don't have the most patience. You know, my husband's a lot more patient than I am. And so, you know, I, I lean on him a lot in these times and help, and he's able to handle them a little bit better than I am, but it is a trigger for me. And I just wanted to mention that in case you have kids and it's hard. I know sometimes I feel like parents don't talk about that a lot. You know, we always hear how great kids are and how they enrich your life, but I don't know if I hear a lot of conversations about how hard it is too and how difficult they can make your life sometimes, especially when you're having an off week and maybe don't have as much patience as you normally have. It can be really, really challenging. So I wanted to to point that out and that was you know, something that I was feeling big time this week. And then my son was finally better. And then it was like, okay, it's your turn now. So my daughter kind of had, you know, her tough few days, I guess I should be grateful. It wasn't happening simultaneously like it does some days, but you know, it feels like that sometimes that, you know, (laughs) someone is melting down at all times with two young kids And that can be really, really difficult. And again, just finding myself wanting to take the edge off somehow. So my elixir came in use this week too, where I again imagined that it was like some kind of strong drink that I was pouring myself because I do think part of that is just mental, you know, and feeling like, okay. And at one night I even drank it in the bathtub with a candle and just pretended, you know, again, my elixir was some kind of, you know, hard alcohol drink that would knock me out. And, you know, that did help, you know, it wasn't as good as a cookie would have been, but I also then didn't have the after effect of having that cookie where it maybe tasted good for, you know, 10 seconds, but then the guilt would set in right away. And then I'd be even more upset than I had been to start with. So I know that, you know, caving in and having sugar is not going to be the solution for me, but it still is tempting. Um, even 13 months of being sugar free, it's still really, really tempting. Um, and last kind of factor in the week is that I, um, was PMSing. I got my, my period 
And I have noticed the past few months, um, my PMS has been really bad. I have to say, since I've had my kids, uh, my cycles have been pretty easy for the most part. And I've noticed since giving up sugar and flour, they've been more regular. I don't, you know, experience cramps as I mu- as uh, much as I used to. You know, I didn't feel the PMS as much as far as being cranky and irritable. But the last few months, for whatever reason, you know, and I am almost 40, so I don't know if my hormones are changing a little bit, but I have felt just really, really irritable, um, almost like in a rage, anger-wise. Um, so that is not a good combo when you're already feeling overwhelmed and stressed and kids are melting down to then have your own rage (laughs) and irritability to deal with, um, made for a really potent week. (laughs) Um, I, you know, and it, it, it seems like it's happening about four or five days too before I get my period. And again, it's not something that I've dealt with in a while. So I'm just going to kind of see if it was just a fluke and it's just been these past few months, but it's been really intense. And, um, you know, I, I would say I didn't necessarily feel like I know before going off sugar when I used to, um, be PMSing, I would crave chocolate or something. And I didn't, I don't feel that part of it. I wasn't craving sugar because I was PMSing. It was more just having these really strong emotions of being irritable and angry and just having, you know, no patience. It's already hard to keep patience you know, when you have two young kids, but then when you're PMSing, it felt, you know, pretty much impossible. So that was kind of the last factor in this week. And, you know, uh, today I am feeling better. I think I'm on day three of my period now. So I'm feeling, you know, a lot more relaxed, but not a hundred percent. I don't feel my normal kind of balanced self. I'm still a little more agitated than normal. And I'm just trying to take really good care of myself and eat some really healthy foods. Um, You know, I had a few more treats of sweet potato chips, but I also try to eat more greens and make sure I got all my extra supplements in my smoothies and just stuck to my way of eating. And, you know, I'm sure that's helping me get through it and offering myself some additional self-care. You know, I typically do my bath and face mask on Sunday nights, but I added in like two more baths this week and did my face mask too. I just felt like I really needed to pamper myself. Um, and I, there was a night that I went out to Costco and let my husband put the kids to bed just because I knew I didn't, wouldn't have the patience, you know, for it that night and just took some time to myself at Costco. I mean, I know that's so lame, but it's with anyone with kids will, will say it's so amazing to go shopping without, you know, two kids with you. So I just took my time 
and discovered all these amazing products. Like I will, you know, I was talking about the collagen powder that I use, the vital proteins. They have it at Costco. Um, I just got to tell you this. Uh, I don't know if it's at everyone's Costco, but it was, I think the normal size that you see like on Amazon or I get it at Pharmaca is, um, 20 ounces for $43 is typically the price. Um, and they were selling at Costco a 36 ounce, so almost double, you know, the amount for $43. So I thought that was amazing. Not even any Pharmaca sales or coupons could beat that. So I bought that. And then the deodorant that I really like, um, the Schmitz deodorant, it's made locally in Portland. It's a natural deodorant. And if you haven't used natural deodorant before and you want to, I highly recommend Schmitz, S-C-H-M-I-D-T, because um, I've tried a lot of different ones and I definitely am a sweater. Um, and I would say this works, you know, the most closely to regular deodorant without all the chemicals in it. So, um, they were selling like a three pack of Schmitz deodorant too for like what you would pay for like one. So in the regular store. So I was very happy to go to Costco and treat myself to my collagen powder and deodorant, you know, big night out for me, but doing that and realizing I needed a night like that instead of, you know, getting to the kids to bed and struggling to keep my patients, it just felt really good to go out and, you know, do something for myself. Um, so I think that helped and is something to keep in mind when you're having these terrible weeks is doing everything you can to keep your, you know, keep the stress lower and not trigger yourself into an eating binge. Um, but it was a very difficult week. Um, I do feel like I'm coming out of it now a little bit. My mood is lightening. You know, I'm not 100%, but I'm hoping, you know, tomorrow I wake up and it's another day. Um, and I'm just glad that I got through it. I mean, I am just so grateful still for my sobriety. You know, one more set, one more thing I really want to say before I wrap up is that I remember like always reading, you know, throughout the years that, you know, losing weight wasn't going to solve all your problems, you know, um, or, uh, so I, I always kind of thought about that and, you know, again, being sugar free and a free from addiction is the number one benefit for me. You know, losing weight has been amazing and I'm so grateful that I have and I feel comfortable again in my own skin where for many years I just felt so uncomfortable in my own body and I hated that. So now I finally feel comfortable in my own skin. I'm not perfect by any means. I could, you know, lose weight for sure, more weight, but for at least I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I have to say, you know, I had this really terrible week. And for some reason I thought about that saying like, well, you know, just cause you lose weight, your life isn't perfect. And, you know, of course that's so true. You're, you're still going to have your problems, but I couldn't help but like look in the mirror and just be like, 
but at least you're looking good, you know, um, just kind of made me laugh at an otherwise bad week. But for real, it felt like at least I am not like miserable in my own body too. Like having a bad week is bad enough, but you know, if I had just wanted gone and had sugar and went on that downward spiral, it would have just made it so much worse. So, you know, being able to have a bad week, but still being able to fit into my clothes and not have to unbutton pants or try to, you know, figure out what I'm going to wear the next day because suddenly none of my clothes fit would have just made it so much worse. So I have to say it's true that, you know, losing weight doesn't solve all your problems, but at least it's not one more thing, you know, you have to deal with. And I am so grateful for that and being able to, you know, no longer worry about, oh, is that going to fit? I just don't even worry about gaining weight anymore. Um, Even the days that I'm eating more, the weeks that I'm eating more, that never even crossed my mind, like, oh, I might gain weight and, you know, start worrying about if my clothes are going to fit. So that is such a huge relief. So that's all for today. I just wanted to share that I had a really tough week, that you're still going to have tough weeks, even when you're sugar and flour free. You know, it doesn't necessarily make your life perfect. Unfortunately, I wish that were true. Um, And you're still going to struggle and you're still going to have those times that you really want to eat some sugar even 13 months later, um, and you just have to stay strong and go back to that self-care and remind yourself that it would feel so much worse if you did cave and eat sugar um, rather than just get through it. So I am really grateful that I was able to get through this week, and I hope that this helps anyone out there that might be having a bad week to stay strong and get through it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.